Most of the songs that we were singing today, uh, it's talked about the goodness of God. And, and I'm reminded of David when he had said in Psalms 27, verse 13. You want to put that up just for a minute? And it's so powerful to show you how strong the goodness of God is, it can keep you from fainting. Listen, God is <laughs> gooder than we can ever imagine. Amen. I'm telling you, we, 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 it's going to take us time and eternity, and we still won't know how good God is. We'll still be learning once we go to heaven. There's no end to him. I'm reminded in Ephesians, and they talked about knowing the love of God, and then Paul went to be perceived to know the, the height of it. So when I said to myself, okay, when I start going up, when do I start going to the breath? Because he's inexhaustible. We serve an unlimited God who's never short on any kind of resource. But um, today, uh, um, I'm so happy that we have a special guest with us, a young man and a young lady that we met at Global at one of the meetings. Uh, we have a brother, Balama, and his uh, girlfriend, fiance, I don't know, Ari. And we want to thank you guys for coming and being our midst. Amen. A great couple, a great young man, a great woman, hungry for God. And, uh, and we met them because when, the, when I go to the meetings, I don't go to get a seat just for me and my wife. And so what I'll do, I'll get there early. I'll run, I'll lay down books, five, six books. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know who's going to come. But I'll walk through after people, mostly people are seated, and I'll see people stand in the back, trying to find a seat, and I'll say, do you want to sit closer? Or do you want to get a better seat? And they'll say, yeah, and they'll come on up, and I'll take my, my book off so they can sit down. And that's how we met. But, but one of the things is this. The Bible says what you do for others, God will do for you. One of the things God wants to get us out is, is selfishness, right? Okay, because he wants us to be about him. And, 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 when, and when, you're, when we're about him, we're going to be about ourselves and others. But today, in uh, uh, Hebrews 11.6, we're very familiar with that, with this. So I'm not going to try to give you something that you don't know, but if I can say this, um, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And, and the reason we do it is because of this. It's a journey. Notice it didn't say we run by faith. We walk. And in walking, and in walking, we're going to discover the fullness of God and how much he really loves us. You're going to discover how much that he's really on our side. So it's a walk. Plus, faith is what pleases God. So God's going to give us something to please him. And then in our walk, he wants to bless you. He wants to be good to us. Never stop thinking that God wants to do otherwise. Because he doesn't. He has no otherwise. It's on this wise that he loves you with an everlasting love. He loves us with an unfailing love. And one of the things we've got to know that, that Jesus didn't come to introduce us to God. He, under, he came to introduce us to the Father. That's why he said when we was praying, he said, say our Father. And see, a lot of times, most of us, some of us, not all of us, but we, we had fathers, but they wasn't fathers. And a lot of times we tend to draw our summation of God based on our natural fathers. Okay, but God said this, I'll be a father to the fatherless. You still got God's back up. Because the Bible says, if we, being evil, know how to give good things to our children, we being imperfect, there ain't a perfect father on the planet. But the father God is. I said he is. He's the perfect father. And guess what? You can trust him. He can't lie. He's for you. And so, and so, Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. 
And, and when we read the word of God, we got to start reading the word from a father's heart. We've got to see it from his perspective. And so he asked the disciples, Jesus, the teachers to pray. He didn't say, say our God. What did he say? He said, say our what? Our father. Which art in heaven. How would be his name? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So when he said that, he was saying that the father is over the kingdom. And it's the father's good pleasure to give it to us. It's his good pleasure to give it to us. I'm not just give it to us, man. It's like giving you the whole shebang. Stop thinking God's going to withhold stuff from us. He doesn't. That's why I was so glad when he sung that song and we kept focusing on God, we kept focusing on Jesus, kept focusing on him. Because when you focus on him, then you can see him. And when you look at him, he wants you to experience him. He wants to show you great and mighty things that we know not. So, so uh, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is what? A warder of who? Who? Okay, now notice this. Let's read it slow. Them. Who is it them? Whoever choose to be a them. Because God is no respecter of persons. When you see them, you can jump in. If he just said, if he just said, he, for he that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of pastor, then that leaves me out. That leaves you out. But when you see them, it says, whosoever will, let them come. You've got to start, we learn from Bible school, you just, when you see the them and the us, and don't put no specific name, that means it's your chance to jump in. I know you girls, I didn't jump rope, but I saw girls jumping rope. There's a time when they, they jump in. <laughs> okay? So when you've got to understand when it comes time when God gives you a them or us, you got to jump in. Don't look at nobody else. Anytime you go for God, you got to go for yourself. That's not being selfish. Go for him. You got to go for it. Okay. He that cometh to God must believe that he, he is what? He's a what? He's a what? Oh my gosh. Now, when I started reading this, what came to me is that God is the biggest rewarder and the best rewarder, but also to get the reward, we've got to accept the invitation. Now, how many, how many, how many get, have gotten a birthday invitation? All right, how many's got an a, a anniversary invitation? Okay, how many got an invitation to go out to dinner with somebody? Okay, now, okay, so an invitation is extended to you, first of all, because the people who extended it, they like you. They feel good about you, that's why you get the invitation. Nobody gets invited who they don't want to be there. So you got to settle it. If I don't get an invitation, then I know they don't want me to come. But guess what? I ain't going to feel bad. I just know they don't want me to come. This doesn't mean they don't want you to come. See? So every, you ought to perk up when you get an invitation because you can get a chance to experience something that you haven't experienced that the person invited you wants you to experience. Okay, so I love to get invitations to go eat. I really do. <laughs> I do, because you know why? Because I, my, my, my taste buds start, it just start highlighting. <laughs> All right, it's almost imagining what it's going to taste like, and you can almost see it before you get there. That's right, man. And you know what else is good, too? See, the closer you get to it, the deeper you can start to smell it. Okay, oh my gosh. 
And so God's invitation to us is, oh, taste and see. It's an invitation that he is good. Because see, there are certain places I like to go. And if you ask me tomorrow, I want to go there. You ask me next week, I want to go there. Let me tell you something. It's hard to get me off of that one. I got to say, oh my gosh, but I'll go. I'll go with you. (laughs) But if I had my choice, I want to go. And I remember the first time I got invited to Fogo de Chao. Man, I was just told about it. And if you ask me, that's going to be my first. Okay, because I do, I just, like, it was, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by the salad bar. Oh, my gosh. You can just have that. Before, before I went, I didn't know about, this, about the salad bar. I should have, when you go there, you have to go hungry. You, have to, you don't, you don't want to eat nothing. You want to do, you want to come close to fasting without fasting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, man, you see them selections, and, and, and it's, it's like, it's, it's like, go. Okay. They give you so much that you have to stop it. Okay. The green side, as long as they see that green little thing, they, say, they just keep running. Okay. And when they turn it off, you just, you take a breather. <laughs> That's what you have to do. It's, it's, it's like that, but I like that. Okay. Not that I don't like other places. Not that I don't like seafood, but if we're going to get my first choice, that's going to be that one. And so, so God gives us these invitations, and really we don't start see, looking like, like a, as, a, as an invitation, like, uh, like Jeremiah 33, 3. I want to stay on time here. Jeremiah 33, 3. It's an invitation. What is the invitation? Because God wants to reward us. Call unto me, and I will what? Answer you. And then I'm going to do something else. I'm going to show you great and mighty things. What are these mighty things? Which thou knowest not. There are things that I don't know now, but God wants to show me. And he's given me an invitation to experience what I haven't experienced. He wants to show me how to do life. He wants to show me how to do family. He wants to show me how to be a mother, how to be a father. He wants to show me how to be a believing believer. I said that on purpose. Every believer is not believing. Because life came at them and allowed the dust to get over their faith. See, things that don't move collect dust. Go in your house. You know, after a while, you just got to go back and just get it off. There's nothing wrong with that, but it ain't moving. That's how it's in a believer's life. Dust will get on them, and they just start walking by faith. Life comes. Stop believing. Stop trusting. Stop hoping, because life come at them. See, in the faith walk, first of all, it pleases God. So God's not going to honor anything or bless anything that doesn't please him. Or it's like us. We so much like God because who wants to bless something don't, who don't want? Come on, see? It's faith that God uses, that he wants to bless us, that pleases God. And without it, we can't please God. So God gives it to us. See, God gives us what we don't have, what we need to have. See? God gives us what we don't have, but, we, but what, what we need to have. Okay, and why does he do that? Because he wants us to have. It's better to have than to have not. Boy, you ever been in the have-nots? Man, I've been there. Listen, I'm not, I'm not because you know what? My, 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 my situation said I, I, I had not, I had not. So we went to welfare. The tide is over. So I could have. I thank God for welfare. I just didn't have to stay on it. Because God starts from here for good and not for evil. To give me a future and an expected end. Amen. Never, never be ashamed of where you are. 
Because where you are doesn't define you. You got to understand that. We look at, at a dollar. A dollar don't define you. God said, listen, bonk that dollar. The silver and gold is mine. Not a penny. Silver and gold. And the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And they're there because the earth is the Lord's in the fullness there. And God wants us to experience the fullness. He wants you to build the fullness in your family, the fullness in your marriage, the fullness raising your kids, the fullness in, in your home. He wants your home to have the fullness. Because we do not accept the invitation, we miss out on what God wants to do. He's already made up his mind what's he going to do. He's trying to think you need something. He already knows what is need. He already knows what we need before we need it. God's not trying to figure out our situation. He already knows it. He's God. Come on, man. We got to get that. He's God. He knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. One of the worst things we can do is that God gives an invitation and you decide you're busy. You know, I don't accept every invitation. Because you know, when you accept the invitation, you really like the people and you want to go there and, you know, you want to bless their kids and bless their family. You know, you want to, you know, just, you just really want to, your presence means something to them. And you want them to know that, listen, we appreciate you, we value you, and that's what we're here. We're here to support you and, 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 and to encourage you. Okay, so I want us to, uh, to look at, and we're going to come back to, to, uh, to this scripture. Not that one. I want us to go to um, uh, Proverbs 25.2, please. Now, the first time I saw the scripture, I, I, I didn't have no insight. You ever read the word, don't have no insight? So what do you do? You keep coming back till you get sight. If you don't get it the first time, get it the second time around. Get it the third time. Just keep coming. Come unto me. You got to keep coming. Listen, God doesn't come in through our life just for us to stay, stay at a standstill and say, well, I'm saved now. He gives us instructions. He gives us steps to take. So when I saw this scripture, man, I thought of two things. I thought of Christmas and birthday parties. Okay? It says here that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But he honors, but it's, but, it's an honor, but, it, but the honor of the kings, the honor of the king is to search out a matter. Now, the glory of God he takes pleasure in concealing things from us. He delights and he just, oh my gosh, I can't wait to keep it from him. I can't wait to keep it from him. But here's the thing. When you think of Christmas time, my parents was doing that. We just know it was Christmas. We know we get, but they had concealed it. Oh my gosh. And, and it's nothing like, matter of fact, on Christmas time back when I was a kid, we didn't even sleep. Man. It was like we stayed up as long as we could and nothing was under the tree until we had to go to sleep. And when we woke up, when we woke up, it was the honor to see what they concealed, oh my gosh, that they made ready, for, that they presented to me. Amen. My parents were happy that they was giving me something. God is always pleased that to, to give you something. To give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Not some things, but everything. We're talking about God. We're not talking about a human being. God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. Only men, women, and children, boys and girls can lie. God has never lied, can't lie. Amen. I remember the only two beats I got from my dad was for lying. He said, tell me the truth. I don't care what the situation is, bad, good, or ugly, just tell me the truth about the situation. Don't lie to me, because I'm more on your side. 
And every time I, I only lied twice. And I got the strap. <laughs> Karen laughing. See, she's laughing at the pastor. See, it's a family member. She's a family member laughing at me. Can you imagine? My gosh, I was, used to be happy she was coming. Now she's laughing at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I remember when we were in Germany and it was getting late and they were sending, you know, trucks around with Santa Claus, ho, 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 and stuff. And, and we got to the point where we could hear it. And, man, we started coming through the snow. We was running. Okay, so, that, so we wouldn't uh, get caught. He see us, you know. So we're thinking, man, Santa's going to be good to us tonight, you know. So not knowing it was my parents all the time. Okay. They were taking pleasure because they had gifts for us. Okay. And when we woke up, they could see the excitement on our face. And see, we got to realize, must understand this. That God hides things not from us, but he hides them for you. My parents were keeping me in the dark just to keep me in the dark. They was keeping it for me. And then I saw what they was concealed. And then when I woke up that morning, I saw what was revealed. Every time God gives you a revelation, he's showing you something that you didn't know to let you in on what he has for you, what he's looking for, would you be obedient? Be obedient and have a heart of gratitude and thankfulness that you'll be so, Lord, without you, Lord, I couldn't have done this. Without you, Lord, I couldn't have received this. Without you, Lord, I'd have been struggling. I would have had Christmas without you. And God never wants us to have Christmas without us. He doesn't want you to have gifts without his signature on it. Because he wants you to know it came from me. And that's why I, I deserve the glory and the honor. Because what I do, no man can do it for you. No, any, nothing breathing can do it for you. God says, I'm God alone. I'm God all by myself. We got to know he's a, he's a powerful God. He's an unlimited God. He's an awesome God. I'm telling you, he's a draw, jaw-dropping God. I'll never, last week, I just want to say this. I saw the goodness of God on my sister's face. I remember in, in, in uh, Exodus, um, Moses had told God, said, God, God, show me your glory. And God says, I'm going to let all my goodness come before you. Okay? Now, we're not talking about goodness, but, man, when I'm talking to you saying, I didn't know which way to go. But, but he, said, he said, I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. Now, listen to this. When the goodness of God comes forth in your life, the first thing that recognizes is your face. When the goodness came on Moses, his face was so bright that they had to take a, a, like a little veil and cover his face because he saw the goodness of God. He lit up. Last week, Sister Dorothy experienced, we saw what she'd already been driving, that new car. I saw her face went to another Enlightenment. It was. It was a good. It wasn't a manufactured grin. That goodness made her face light up. Because, see, I'm not trying to puff her up or anything like this. But you know what? She's been standing. And sometimes when we have to stand and everybody else is moving and everybody else has, and when you don't have, when is my turn? When, when, when God's going to bless me? There's a tendency. Because the Bible tells us when rejoice with those who are rejoicing. But sometimes when we're rejoicing for them, our time has not come yet. But if you can understand, if you can rejoice in them, then God says you can be faithful in another man's, you'll be faithful in your own. He'll give your own. We got to know the ways of God. There's nothing trifling about God. There's nothing stingy about God. 
God ain't standoffish. God is a bold God. Amen. He's a good God. He's faithful. He wants you to experience his goodness. But then there's something I got to do. There's something I got to do. And he tells us right here in uh, Hebrews 11.6. Can you put that back up there? Remember it said kings? God calls us a king. He's the king of kings. We're a king. Kings search out a matter. We're the king of the kings. He's the king. We're the kings. Okay? Now how about this? King stands for royalty. He says we're royalty. You can't let the word define you. I mean, excuse me, the world define you. We're defined by God. I'm not defined by my family. I'm defined by who my heavenly father is. That's what we're defined by. Because he's absolutely, positively good. I had a good dad. Okay, but the thing was, my heavenly father. I was trying to be a good father for my kids. But guess what? I ain't perfect. My dad wasn't perfect. It's not a put down, but God is perfect. In all his ways. All his ways. He's perfect. So this scripture right here, we got to accept this invitation. Here's the invitation. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's two parts to this. One is, the first one is, it's conviction that God exists. That's the first part. He that comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists. Nobody made him. He always has been, always will be. I think John 17, the first verse, it talks about that this is life eternal. That this is life eternal, meaning there's no end to it. That we may know him as the only true God in Jesus Christ, his son. Whom he sent. It didn't add nobody else, nobody human into that. He didn't, it didn't add no earthians into that. God. This is life eternal. And when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we get eternal life, but you get it in time because God does everything in the power of an endless life. When we get to this planet, life has been running. We, life was running, eternal life was running before we was in our mother's womb. It was no surprise when you showed up in the birth canal. God knew you before then. The prophet said, he knew me before I was in my mother's womb. See, here's the thing. God was already thinking about us before we got here. Now that we get here, you think he's going to turn his back on us? That's a lie. That's a lie. He's not going to turn his back on you. He saw you coming. He knew who your parents was before you knew it. Before you knew who to say mommy to. He already knew who mom was. Before you already knew who he say dad to, he already knew who he was. But he was mindful of you. We got to thank God. I don't care how you get here. God lets you get here. And the family members, mom or dad, they allowed you to come. So you ought to be thankful. The worst thing you can do is to get mad at who mom and dad is. They let you get here. So you can start experience. So God can start rewarding you. We get so focused on the natural, we miss out on the supernatural. Our parents aren't supernatural. I'm not supernatural, but God is. He can go above and beyond what we can ask or think. He exceeds our expectations. He exceeds your prayers. He exceeds your thoughts. He exceeds your dreams. He exceeds your hopes because he's God. And he wants to do everything for us in the power of an endless life. So, he that comes to God must believe that he is. There's a reward of them who justly seek him. That is an invitation, guys. The enemy's job is to make you think God is somewhere in the ether waves and he's not cognizant of where you are in life. And he's a lie. The enemy's a lie. And he, the enemy's always a liar. See, we're always looking at the bad stuff. 
Let's look at the one who does something about the bad stuff. God doesn't do bad stuff. The enemy does bad stuff. The one of the things that we we got to learn here, I know we got new you knew what's coming. You got to know you're getting here at the right time. You're gonna you're gonna exceed Pastor and I. Right. You're gonna exceed us. Right. I want to be a major league baseball player, did everything I could to make to get drafted. The scout told me he's gonna draft me, and then it fell through. But what I didn't get, my kids got. Every one. God shows you that he's good. What he'll do for one, he'll do for you. See, we've got to realize that God is good. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's always faithful. And let me tell you something. God wants us to be faithful. What is faithful? What is the term, terminology for faithful? Faithfulness means time tested. Over the course of your life, God wants you to know over the time that you're on this earth, he wants to be faithful to you. What is a faithful man or a faithful woman? It's a woman that over time has been faithful. You ain't faithful tomorrow and then 10 years later you can get back to being faithful. That ain't faithfulness. That's unfaithfulness. For 10 years you were out of unfaithfulness. We look to Jesus don't look to me, look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Because guess what? Everything breathing can let you down. I said everything breathing can let you down, even yourself. And you know what else goes, goes along with that? We only know what we know, but he knows everything. And we, got to, we got to come to the grips with this, guys. It's not, it's not, it's not. That God doesn't care. He always has cared. If he didn't care, he wouldn't let you get to the planet. He wouldn't. Now that you're here, he wants to be good to us. It doesn't mean when you walk by faith, you don't face no problem, no issues. No, 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 no. But God says that the one who, Paul said like this, he who begun a good work. in me. The one who begun it is going to finish it. That's why Jesus is the author and the finisher. That's why you stay with Jesus. So he can finish what he started in you. Man, it's one thing when you finish. It's one thing to run a race. It's another thing not to finish the race. But God wants us to be finishers. And only way we can finish, we have to go, we have to seek him. We have to seek him. We have to go with them, go to them with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Now, I said there's two things. First is that God exists. The second is that he's a rewarder. How many like to get gifts? How many like to get rewards? How many like to get accolades? Amen. How many like to get blessings? Amen. How many like to get gifts? Amen. And that's the heart that God has for us. We have to understand this. What we believe about God will have an effect on us in a measurable way. When you look at people, you'll be able to measure the effectiveness that God has on their life. You can measure it. I know when in sports they look, they look for uh, when they draft somebody, look how tall they are, how much they weigh, how fast they run, how high they can jump, and they call that measurables. They're checking out the things that, what they can bring to the table, okay? And when God is on a person, it can, you can measure it. When you're in his presence, you'll be able to measure it. How strong is he on you? How good is he, how good is he to you? How faithful is he to you? You can measure that. I was telling them in the car coming up, um, God came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and he says, 
and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And then he said this, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. One man, Gabe, responsible for every last one who get on this planet to be blessed. Man, I don't know if I could handle it if he said that to me. Say, my God, I'm responsible for you being blessed and you being blessed and you being blessed and you being blessed. But guess what? God blesses you so you can be a blessing. See, we got to understand when God blesses us, we can't start going, become selfish. You got to understand what a blessing can do. A blessing can turn your back, make you turn your back on God. Because you'll make it about you and you'll stop coming. You'll stop giving. You can find someplace else. It's all right to go on a vacation, but you're not supposed to vacation 365 days a year. Amen. Somebody needs the favor that's on your life to come to them. So when God gives you favor, it's on you for somebody else. We don't get it. He favors you because he wants you to show that same favor he gives you to somebody else. God is not a selfish God. The devil is. He still kills and destroys. We've got to wake up and realize when God says, seek his kingdom, he means it. Why seek it? Because all these, seek the kingdom of God, um, Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God and check this, and his righteousness and all these other things. That's how they come. They'll come by you working hard. You get some things when you work hard. You don't get all these things. That's right. Because there are people who got what we call all those things, and they taking their they're taking their life. They getting high. They're tripping. They're sexing. Can never be satisfied because the flesh will never satisfy you. We Google and Gaga or people, they got the best stuff for their kids and their kids are out tripping. See, they don't show you in the paper the goodness of God. They show you hell on parade. And then we get upset. I got to come to church again? How do you think that parent feels have to go to the drug center again? How do you think that parent feels have to go to the rehab again? Or go to the jail again. A child left himself brings a mother to shame. And a lot of kids go to jail, a lot of kids get in trouble because the fathers have provoked them. Hello. Paul says. Fathers don't provoke your children. But if you're not there, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, you can provoke them. That's why you need the Lord. When the Lord comes, he can break all that stuff off of us. Because you got to be free to serve God. You can't think about yesterday. You got the faith is now. Today when you hear my voice, come on. Don't let your heart stay hard. Loosen up. Man, God wants us to experience him. Like I said, what you believe about God has an effect on our lives in a measurable way. Yes? yes. What you and I believe about God can be measured. God is ready to reward those who have set their hearts. Listen to me. God is ready to, re, to uh, reward those who have set their hearts. See, it's with the heart you believe God. It's not with your head. You can't believe God with your head. 
Did you know something? God has never, has never called you to do something possible. marinate a little bit. Anything he asks us to do, he knows we can't do it. He don't ask you to tidy yourself up. You can do that. <laughs> That's right. What God, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of God because it's the power of God. Unto salvation. See, what we got to realize that the Father is not, He already knows. When He says, check this out, guys, this is, this is really real. Pray for your children. You already know you can't do it without Him. That's why He said, acknowledge me in all things. And do I will do it. I'll direct you out of training. But we miss that. Because sometimes you can speak to the child, goes in one ear out the other. Okay? And, and, and I mean, it happened with us. Growing up, I mean, don't think, you know, my parents had the, the perfect son. Because let me tell you something: when you want to do wrong, you will. When you want to do wrong, you will. When you want to do right, you will. It's the will. If you're willing, obedient. Mm -hmm. God wants our will, man. He wants our will. He wants our will. Okay. God is ready to reward those who have set, check this out, have set their hearts on discovering, searching for, walking by faith is discovering who God is. Walking by faith, you got to seek and search him out. You're searching. Searching for him who has everything. Searching for him who can go above and beyond what you can ask or think. Searching for him who makes rich and adds no sorrow. Searching for him who can give you peace. Peace is in a person. It's not an absence of uh, noise, bombs dropping, bullets not flying. It's not absence of that. That ain't peace. Peace is a person. It's Jesus. He says, I'm the way. Now, you got to understand, Jesus was no, no wimp. He says this. He's bold. Jesus is bold. He says, I'm the way. What does that mean, Pastor? It means there ain't no other way. People can't handle that. I'm the way. Every other way is the wrong way. Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right. But the end of it is destruction. I remember the sewing class, they used to stitch. But if they pull them stitches out, that garment would fall apart. Right. Seem right. Cause your clothes to fall off. Amen. Seems. Take the seams out, start tucking stuff out. All of a sudden this thing be all by itself, fall down. We call it home ec when we's coming up. I don't know what they call it now. But it, they seam stuff. They put them stitches in there. If you take them stitches out, what that garment you got on will just fall off you. See, so we have to realize, man, God wants clothes. Not just in these, but in righteousness. In right standing with him. He says, the prayers of the righteous not avail much. Dynamic in his working. Okay? Not the prayers where people go to church. And he ain't rewarding us coming to church. We come here to get fed, get taught, to have the same spirit of faith. Paul said, we having the same spirit of faith. We, I, we believe we have the same spirit of faith. We believe. We have the same spirit of faith. I believe. You got to take it from the we to the I. We're in here, but you got to take faith personally. You got to bring it to the eye. We can't keep it out here in the we. Yeah, we go to Mount Grace, yeah, but what are I doing? We believe in, but what is I believing? See, we got to take what we hear here and, 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 and regurgitate it. It's called meditate. That's how we grow. That's how we stay together. We're all saying the same thing. But then when I'm by myself, I'm saying the same thing. 
See, what we got to realize, we got to take ownership. We got to take ownership of the word. We have to take ownership. Everybody say, I got to own it. So you got to take ownership of what you hear. You got to make it personal. It got to become you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we live. We live by the word of God. Oh, there you go. You want them word people. Well, he said, heaven and earth going to pass away, but I'm going to deal with the one that's standing. You pass away, but I'm going to still be standing. Amen. The word can keep us. It's him. In the beginning was the word. It's that word. We got to hear the word. We got to hear the word and, and, let, and be led by the spirit. Now, it took me a long time to get there. You know, I'm finally waking up. You know, I, I just feel, <laughs> I kind of feel like early preaching, like I'm practicing on people. Don't laugh. When you have your child, you're going to be practicing too. Until you get it. <laughs> That's right. You're going to be practicing until you get it. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I mean, not that they don't, not that they don't I mean, we learn. I, I got better after our first one. Pace was almost like the guinea pig. <laughs> you know, it was like, I mean, like we learn it because we got better. I got it better. Joy got it better than him, and Mark got it better than everybody. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it goes. See, so when we first start, God understands. God doesn't put you down. That's why you have to stay in. We got to continue to know. I think it's in the Old Testament, I think Hosea says, uh, if we want to know, we got to continue. So you're walking by faith, it's continuing to do it. Stop trying to be perfect. Jesus called disciples who wasn't perfect. He called disciples who was telling him what to do. But he didn't back off of them. He called disciples who lied. They lied. They lied to Jesus. Jesus knew he was lying. And, and so, God told, the Lord told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. No, Lord, everybody else will, but I won't. If I was Peter, I say this to this day, if I was Peter, I would say, Lord, you said, how are you going to lie? You're going to deny that you ever knew me. I would say this. I'm in Peter's state, but this is me. If I was in Peter, I would say, Lord, look, everything you say is right. Everything is, you say is true. You cannot lie. So if you tell me I'm going to lie on you, I say, Lord, I, won't, I don't want to, Lord, please. It'll be far from me. I would have been on my knees asking for mercy because I know I'm going to lie because he said I was going to lie. Peter just got bold to know. Everybody, all the rest of them, they're going to hightail, but not me. As soon as the cock crowed, man, he went to lie. <laughs> he started spilling the beans. <laughs> Amen. So God already knows what we're going to do before we do it. So let's, let's just know he, he, he knows all things from the end, from the beginning. So you can rest in it. Okay. Uh, God is ready to reward those who have set their heart. Now here's this. God is ready to reward those who have set their hearts on discovering and searching for him. So look at Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. We're going to start moving. I'm still within the time frame. All right, if you feel like you're going to tilt, just stand up, it's okay. Let's hear this. Jeremiah 29. 9, 11, I mean 12 and 13. 29, 12 says this. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. In other words, God said, I'm going to listen to what you say, and I'm going to do something about what you said. I thought that's awesome. And then verse 13, he says, and ye shall seek me. Check this out. You shall find me. What are you going to find? You're going to find out everything I got for you. 
That's where it's at. It's in him. Everything that you and I need is in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. We're having our being because of him. Don't think you're on a health kick. You, you're why you having your being. God is, man, it's in him. Verse 13, and ye shall seek me and find me, and ye shall search for me with all your what? Some of your heart? Come on. God wants all or none. We have to be all in. We can't be some way in. I told my that girls jump that rope. They had to jump in. They had to jump in. They're going to be, they be doing this for the rest of their life. Now he's 21 years old, still trying to do this. Okay, and haven't jumped in. God is ensuring us that, we've, that we find him. If the heart is genuinely searching with a readiness to obey, God knows you're serious. See, God knows everything. He knows when I'm playing. He knows when I don't want to. He knows when I'm just thinking about it. He knows when I'm going to do it. So I, you can't fool God. He knows when you want to read the Bible. He knows when you don't want to. He knows when you want to come to church and when you don't want to know. He already knows. He's trying to figure it out. He sees. His eyes are running to and fro, the Bible says, to show himself strong to those whose hearts are upright before him. He's generally searching with a readiness. That person, has, God is looking or ensuring us from Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 12 and 13. He's ensuring us that we, that we find him if the heart is generally searching with a readiness to obey. Everybody say, obey. obey. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. If you be well and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Look at what Jesus said about this in John 14, 21. What he will do with a heart that is genuinely searching with a readiness to obey. This is awesome. Let's look at the King James first. It says, he that hath my commandments. Now, if you have it, that means you got to take ownership of it. See, for a long time... Uh, we only had two homes that, we, that were ours. And then when we, when we went to Bible school and then come back, we had to stay at my parents and we had to get a rent apartment, rent this, rent this. And so just the last four or five years, we, 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 we got our own home. It's different when you own something. You have to take responsibility. You have to be accountable for it. See, when you rent it, really the, the, really the, the, uh, the person who's renting it to you has to take all the responsibilities. We just, gotta, we just gotta make sure we don't tear it up. But they have to take all the responsibilities. See, when, well, so when God is saying, when we take his commandments, when we keep his commandments, uh, when we love him, he's saying, you, you, gotta, you gotta have this commandment, okay? And you gotta take ownership of it. We have to take ownership with the word of God. You can't take it from me and I can't take it from, for you. We have to take it ourselves. Everybody say, I got to own it. Tell your, tell your neighbor, I got to own it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and so then he says, and keepeth them. Now, you, okay, you have it, take ownership of it, and you keepeth them. That means without the intention of ever letting go. I don't care what goes on between me and my wife. I ain't letting go. I don't care. I don't care what goes up, what goes down. I ain't letting go. And guess what God's doing? He's keeping. God will keep anything that's going to hold, hold on. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast, man. Be quick. Can't let, you can't let. See, we don't understand something that maturity is growing. Okay, it's, it's, it, when you mature, I'm, I'm going to say this, when you start mature, you start getting better. 
man, all the mistakes you make when you're young, all the mistakes growing up, all the mistakes you're trying to think you're doing, think you're right when you're wrong. And my parents just look at it, just, just shake their head. <laughs> Pray to God they get it sometime. <laughs> you know, your parents are getting looks like, well, mom, you don't know. You don't understand. Okay. Like, they just, they don't get in there. Okay. They've been there the whole time. They had a life to live. See, the thing is, see, the Bible says you want your wise. You got to be a wise people. Kids ain't wise. <laughs> Boy, I, I remember the day growing up, everybody trying to be cool, man. They, was, they still cool. <laughs> they still cool. They cool it. Okay, well, they're cool it, but guess what? They ain't happy. They're still trying to figure out how life works. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm not life, man. I want to give you life while you're in life. Did you know life can take life out of you? They make things for you to take to take life out of you. And guess what? They're not thinking about it because it's the love of money. The love of money is the root of evil. Why is the root of evil? Because it has a damaging effect to a person's life. And there's things they're putting on the market, things they got out here. They've been out here. Not just in get Someone's been out here. And when you partake of it, it's designed to help you to get to the grave quicker. The wages of sin is death. Sin kills. It ain't got no future. I remember Pastor, this minister said to, said to us who was, when he was preaching, he said, if sin had a future, I'd still be there. You don't have it. It takes your future away. People think they're having a good time. The devil has to give you a good time to kill you. Yeah, there's pleasure in sin. It's a pleasurable death. He got to give you something sweet to kill you. He got to give you something to please your, your flesh to, to give you a disease. This is no game. Come on, God wants to reward us. He wants to reward us health. He wants to reward us blessing. He wants to reward you with prosperity. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his children, of his saints. God takes pleasure. You make God happy when you prosper. God gets excited. He gets excited when his children are doing well. I remember growing up, and I remember when my parents used to, as we were a kid, they always ask other family members, how is so-and-so doing? That's when the first thing they come together, how are they doing? They were always concerned about how some, one of the family members are doing. Just how, how, how is everybody making? That's what they asked. How are they doing? Because they, was, they wanted to make sure they were doing okay. That's always the biggest uh, uh, question or desire in a parent's heart. That my children are well. Well, God says we're his children. He said, I want to make sure you're well. He want to make sure we're well and we're doing well. And the way to do well and stay well, we got to stay with the one who's got the wellness. That's what we got to do. If you want to stay well, stay with the one who's well. Okay? And keep them... Okay, now here's the Amplified. Now, the Amplified in this is, is a little bit different, but I, I think it, it busts out what I want to say. And I got the, uh, you got the, the Amplified, then some of the, it's, I got the one with the C on it. <laughs> the classic, okay? But it's going to just add a little bit more to that. But it's going to start, start saying, saying, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Now, don't you know Jesus know who really loves him? So that means we can't fool him. Okay? So here's the parameters. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever, check this out, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my father because he's a good father. Jesus said in John that, look, he said, listen, no longer you have to come to me for answers. He says, you can ask my father anything in my name and he will give it to you. He says, we'll be loved on my father and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Now, 
I was reading one of Bill Johnson's books, and, and I saw this in it. He says, when God does that, makes himself real to you, when he manifests himself to you, when he shows you everything, that, 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 that who he is and how good he is, he says, it is, it, it is as though, this is Bill Johnson, what he said. He, he says, it is as though he is saying that when he reveals himself, he manifests himself, he says that if we seek him with all of our hearts, he says, God will make sure to put himself in the middle of the road that you're walking on. So you can't miss him. Man, I said, my gosh. God, you want to be in the middle of the road. Not on the right, not on the right side of the road. You're going to put yourself dead smack in the middle so you can see. You can see that he's good. You can see that he's with you. You can see, you can see what he wants to do. You can hear it. Just want us to know he's given us an invitation. It's the best invitation you can be given to you. Birthday is fine. But birthday can't meet all your needs. Going to anniversaries is great. But they can't heal you when you're sick. There's nothing wrong with them. The best invitation that could be extended to us is when God says, call upon me. When God says, seek me. And all the other, all the other things that you would ever need. Because my Father cares for you. I want us to know, keep walking by faith. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing when you're crying. Keep believing. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy, it comes, man. God's got to give you some smiles. In life, God has to give you some smiles. And I said, in God, in life, God has to give you some smiles. He got to let you show them pearls. Amen. He wants to give you the giggles. Yes, he does. Man, when the word of God it becomes so good, you'll just start laughing. People say, what you laughing for? You'll just, just say, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You don't know where I was. But, you, but now here I am. Hey, I know you ripped me off, but here I am. Here I stand. Amen. Praise God. Just walking by faith. It ain't for sissies. Because you got to believe a God we can't see. But we know he, he is. Amen. Stand to your feet. Proverbs 4, I think it's 2021. 20, Can you check the Proverbs 4? And see what you get 21. See what you get. It may be 23. Go, go, go to 20. All right, here, right here. Now, when he says son, it's because... Uh, David had a son. He said, my son, talking to Psalm. He said, my son attended to my words. Now, if he had a daughter, he would say, my, my daughter. Okay. Attended to my words. I don't want the Amplified. No, I'm, a, I'm sorry, King James. He says, my son attended to my words, inclined thine ear and to my sayings. Whose sayings? His sayings. Remember growing up, man, my mom used to tell us, listen, I'm going to tell you how to keep this house, and anybody come in here, you tell them what I told you. You tell them where to sit, where they can go, where they can't go. And if you don't, I, I want to answer to you later. Attend to my sayings. Attend to my sayings. She said, I'll let you know who let to come in this house. Attend to my sayings. So my son attended to my words, inclined our ear to my saying. Go ahead. Now, God is always speaking. Sayings. Let them not depart from what? Your eyes. Keep them in the midst of what? Your heart. Okay? Keep going. For they are what? Everybody say for the what? Life. God wants to give us life while in this life. His life is called Zoe, the God kind of life. 
And I always thought in John 10, 10, when Jesus came and he made the statement, I am come that you might have life. Okay, I was thinking, he was talking to people, stand up, breathing, okay, to a group of people. And he's saying to them, I'm come that you might have life. They were living, but they didn't have life. They didn't have what he came to give. Don't you know you could be on this planet living, but don't have life. And they are the, and they are life unto those that find them. Who is, who is them? Everybody say me. See, he didn't put nobody's name on it. He give us equal access. God's no respect person. That find them in health to what? All their flesh. We need life. What we need is life. We need his life. We need his word. We need his, his word as long as we're breathing. We need him. Each year you need him. Each day you, le- you need him. So today, I want you to say this, Lord. Today, I realize when you give me instructions of what to do, I must embrace them with a tender heart. So Holy Spirit, help me to keep my heart tender to the words of God, to the word of God, to the word of God. Holy Spirit, help me to come out of what the world is doing, what the world is saying, what the world is thinking, that they know, but they really don't know. It's a, camouf- it's a camouflage. But God, you know all things from the beginning and the ending. And today, Lord, I receive the invitations that you have in the word to grab them, to make it a part of my life. Because your words is life to me and health, well-being, prosperity, blessing, and goodness all the days of my life. I give you glory, praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, I want you, before we close.